And from then I get some money. Oh, and from then oh, I get some okay. money. You're listening to the Fly Guy Show. They do everything on the fly and in such a fly manner. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. All right. Hello, 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 and everybody. Yes, we are. Woo, woo, woo. I'm here with you know Seiko. Let, let, let me show this. Yes, one. yes. Hello. Hi, you guys. <laughs> so excited. Oh, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Uh, we have a little bit of something. So I have uh, a couple of guests that star on our show when they pop up, and um, all of us have very different viewpoints. Oh, okay. Like uh, my man Dan Tres Omi is an atheist, a conscious a conscious womanist atheist. Mm. Yeah. Um, and what's her name? His name. His name. Right, Dan Tres Omi. Okay, I'm sorry. Right, okay. right, right. Yeah, he's just. Uh, let me see. Is he paying for the sins of his earlier life? For, yeah. And then, you know, he got married and he started realizing. Is this realizing, a title or is this really No, if, what you, if, you, look, if you look online and you look for Dan Trez Omi, D-A-N-T-R-E-S-O-M-I, mm-hmm. uh, you'll see he calls himself an Afro-Futurist, uh, Afro-Latino, Ooh. a womanist, uh, oh, a B-boy, wow. a t-shirt model. Well, you know, that's my dude. He has a lot of titles. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's title heavy. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dan Trezomi is on there. It's an time time. interesting conversation, though. It is. It is. Because, you know, he, he's atheist. I'm not. Okay. You know, oh, wow. Kind of so, that of, really is an interesting yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. Hey, does it really get heated? Uh, you guys get into heated debate? We actually know the same information. And it comes down to okay. belief. At okay. some point, after all the information is out on the table, we all know the information. You either believe or you don't. Or you don't. And Simple. I believe. He doesn't believe in anything supernatural. So he'll say, I don't believe in anything supernatural. I don't believe in leprechauns. I don't believe... Oh, gosh. Wait a minute. Oh, gosh. All so, right. so he's heard so, some people's So all family. that is grouped into the he, leprechaun. To him, it's like anything supernatural, he doesn't believe in. Oh. Okay. Wow. So what do you say to that? What? When he says anything supernatural, what is your response to that? Oh, it's, I understand that. I believe in the supernatural. You know, if you're involved in Islam, if you're involved in Christianity or uh, Judaism or Hebrew culture in general, mm-hmm. or if you're involved in any of the traditional belief systems, uh, then you believe in the supernatural. You believe that there's a spirit world. You believe that there's a greater sense, there's a greater power out there. And if you don't believe in those things, then you're atheist. You just don't believe in the supernatural. So. Right, right. So, I'd have okay, to say when that you use the term supernatural, believe. it kind of throws people off. Yeah, it so, is. I'm like, it's oh, like supernatural. I mean, like, if you've gone to church you before, know, they, they talk about things being in the natural mm-hmm. or the spirit world. We want the spirit of the Almighty God to come with us, and we want uh, we want to deal with things in the natural world. So, they're already, right. they're, they're, they're just not using that term supernatural. And so people see that term and they get spooky-fied, but they just don't understand the terminology. So Dan Trez doesn't believe in the supernatural. 
Okay. Uh, from time to time, we have uh, Star Armstrong pops on there. All right. Shout out Star, yeah. who's Salute also that. who's also popped up on my show as well. Right, right. Uh, so she brings her um, positioning and her insight. Yes. Yeah. And uh, what's kind of interesting brilliant. with Star, yeah, she's straight up and down brilliant. Yes, she is. Is we talk about the struggles that we have with popular culture and our values. And so Ooh. Star kind of struggles with that. You know, like she'll yes. love some brand Nubian, but some of the messages, some, just a few of the messages that brand Nubian might espouse in their, in their songs, she might not be able to get with. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, some of the reasoning she may not be able to get and I'm just using brand new being you have to talk to her to get that I'm just saying that mm. Star okay. kind of struggles with loving hip hop but hating some of the messages okay let me put it that way okay alright okay. Uh, then we have Crumb Snatcher who makes his appearance from time Ooh. to time and Crumb Snatcher is like that uh, we used to use the term conscious uh, okay. now people use the term woke Ooh. okay okay and I like uh, Okay, so Crumb Snatcher is woke on steroids, drinking coffee after a workout. You know, he's just that guy that's... Whoa, that's deep. <laughs> yeah, he's that wow. guy that's just going to, uh, you know, break apart everything. Like, mm-hmm. we had a discussion on messages in Walt Disney movies and other cartoons. Okay. Like, for instance, he went to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and he was saying that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles TV show was actually a clash between um, indigenous African melanated culture and European culture. And I was like, huh. So he said, look, look at it. The turtles were named after Renaissance European Renaissance artists. Mm, and they were true. fighting against guys named Bebop and Rocksteady. Oh, right. Right. And so the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, who were representing European culture, were fighting an underground battle mm-hmm. against popular culture that came primarily from people of African and Indian indigenous descent. Makes so, yeah, and I was like, so, okay, dude, wow, okay. Wow. Um, and so then he um, talked about Peter Pan. And the history of Peter wait, Pan. Wait, wait, hold on, Seiko. Let me go back to the turtles. Hold on. Now, would you say all four of them? Because some, because you all know, all four of them had was uh, Leonardo, right. Michelangelo, Donatello, Donatello. Mm-hmm. What was his last one? Yeah, Raphael. Raphael. Right. So, uh, but that's the conversation I would really love for you to have a crumb snatcher. Okay. All right. So I'm. In, I'll do. Because I'm really interested. All right. He had uh, that philosophy. Now the other one that we thought was really interesting is I have a daughter. You know. And he was sharing with me, and we have kind of different views. He put together his thesis, and his thesis was that the Disney movies promulgated white supremacy and male supremacy. And the way he talked about it was that in the movies, the Disney movies, the early Disney movies, the woman's greatest accomplishment was getting married. The man's greatest accomplishment was beating up somebody. <laughs> and for me, the way I looked at it, I said, well, it looks to me like the woman's greatest accomplishment was a significant relationship. And the man's greatest accomplishment was a significant ac- 
accomplishment. And so he sees it a little more diabolically than I do. And I, you know, we both agree that and within the last five or ten years, mm-hmm. um, you know, when the world really changed, you know, once we hit the Aquarian age and, you know, all that stuff, um, 15, you know, 10, 15 years, that the messaging in movies have changed. So you see more and more women doing, having significant achievements. But in many cases, they're also coupled with a significant relationship in these movies. That so, is true. Yeah, so we, we looked at uh, Proud Mary. Oh, uh, my girl, Taraji. Yeah, Taraji. Okay. So, so at the end of that movie, oh, yeah. even though the significant accomplishment was killing all those men. Right. The end of the movie, she has a significant relationship with this young man who's kind of like a son to her. Mm-hmm. And that's when she has her exit off into the move into the sunset moment. Right. But with the men who were the um, protagonists in even current films, mm-hmm. getting a girl might be an accomplishment because you couldn't get that girl. Right. But it wasn't the significant relationship part of it. It mm-hmm. was she was unattain- unobtainable, and you got her. Or you killed up a whole bunch of folk, and you're the hero. Um, but so for the men, it's still. The accomplishment, and I'm not necessarily mad about that because I like seeing people accomplish things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad that now the need to accomplish is more balanced. But in the early Disney movies, the woman always won because mm-hmm. she got married at the end. Is that winning? Snow White, um, Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that winning? Yeah, I would say a significant relationship is important. And that's something that we're fighting for. Good answer. He would say, she ain't nothing unless she got a man on the side. And, oh, and so you see, you see what I'm saying? So for him, wow. it's more diabolical. Okay. And okay. for me, it was just more, uh, maybe I just see the, the world through rose-colored lenses, and he doesn't. Um, or purple-colored lenses. Yeah, salute that. All right, so uh, so um, so that's Crumb Snatcher. You can find him online. Crumb Snatcher, and you know he's look him up. You guys hear that? Yeah, yeah. Crumb Snatcher. He's he's yeah. Now he's very very controversial. He's very profane, heavy. He's very smack you in the face. He's one of the people that wants to teach you by putting you down. You know, like you're so stupid that you believe this. Can you still believe you believe this stupid stuff? How stupid are you? you know, he he kind of approaches things that way. Probably so, wants to Crump hear Snatcher, where you're at and where you're coming from. Hey, Crump Snatcher, uh, and I disagree on a lot. Do you? But it's a great, it's great conversation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we... Well, everybody loves a good debate. Right, 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 right. And uh, so, and then I have my cousin Sam. And Sam is kind of like that normal, regular guy who sees things in a real simple, not simplistic but a really cut and dry manner Mm -hmm. this is messed up this ain't messed up (laughs) this is cool this ain't cool we need to be doing this we need to stop doing this Mm -hmm. so he doesn't care the historical ramifications or the historical roots of this problem he's just like yo this is screwed up we gotta stop doing it you know me I'm gonna go into the history of it and right. I'm gonna go into the societal influences and Dan Trez on me and I will talk about that stuff and Star will chime in from her 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 viewpoint and then Sam is just like yo dude that stuff is screwy um <laughs> 
So it's, it's a really kind of interesting mix. And I um, like how, you know, and do you have a panel of all, all of these people at one time? Yes. Yes. Oh, so you can it. find our Fly oh, Guys podcast, hashtag Fly Guys, G-U-Y-S podcast on, well, you know, you can find it on iTunes, you can find it on iHeartMedia. Uh, you can find the video sections on YouTube. So we actually post the video from our conversation. Um, okay. So and, we but can the Fly Guys podcast, right, 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 right. But it's primarily me. I love the visual. Okay. It's primarily me. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. I, I do have a nice visual. Oh, God. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, they're not as good as you used to be, though. Uh, at any rate, it's okay. We uh, get older, you know. But we're supposed to get we better. like to think we get better, exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We're supposed to be like fine wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I'm getting better. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you in the past, but you're good now. Thank you. All right. Thank you. And All I appreciate right. that. I think I'm getting better <laughs> as time goes by. I, you know, the older we get, we're supposed to, you know, now it might take a little more to right. keep it together. You know, a little more. I might need to put on a little more foundation, a little right. extra, you know, find these fly hairstyles, you know, compliments of my barber. Okay. Salute the barber. Lanier. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I got a good barber, so it keeps me looking vivacious. Okay. Yes. 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 Okay. Okay. (laughs) When I think of vivacious, huh? Yeah, because when I think vivacious, I think physical shape. I don't think hairstyle. Well, can I just group it all together? You know, it's all good. (laughs) It's it's the total package. I'll leave it at that. Um, So look, we have two podcasters coming together. Fly Guys podcast. Yes. Um, Yes. And, and, and tomorrow's people can podcast. always look you up. Yeah. On but you have not only Spreaker, but you have two fly guys. <laughs> Wait, is that how we say it? Two well, fly guys? That's not I got it wrong, didn't I? Well, I have an, an I have a number of podcasts and the fly guys many, is the big one. Okay. How many podcasts do you have, Sego? <laughs> All right, so I also have a show called Semi Conscious Radio. And Semi-Conscious Radio is simply just a collection of thought-provoking hip-hop and a little bit of R&B that normally doesn't make it onto the radio. Okay. So So when you say thought-provoking, what is that? It might be socially conscious. It might be aware. It might just be very lyrical. So it makes you think. Mm -hmm. You know, right now we're kind of in a trappy, we're in a vibe style of hip-hop. We're in a uh, a wave, you know. It's kind of wavy, so it's really the feeling that you get from the song, not necessarily the content. Mm, um, okay. But so this music that I put together for Semi-Conscious Radio, you know, some of it is based in five percent information. You know, the five percenters, God, Nation of Guidance on Earth, mm-hmm. those artists. It might be just a quote-unquote black conscious artist, oh, okay. like uh, Killer Mike. Okay, it might be. I'm sorry, but are these um, artists? Are you bringing them on the show and play, interviewing them? I play their music. Just playing all I of just their play music. their music. Okay, right. right. It might are be these some of the local Christian, artists. Uh, some of them, because some of the Christian hip hop that I have on the show are from local artists like Raiders of the Lost. Uh, they used to be here in Virginia Beach, Norfolk area. They're no longer here, but their music is still kind of turned. So I play that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had an artist that I interviewed, Katron, who's an R&B artist. Oh. And he's um, local um, right here out of um, Portsmouth. 
And um, his music's pretty good. He did a little sample okay. on one of my um, episodes when he came here. I interviewed him in the show on the show. And um, that stuff. was really good. That was like my first R&B artist okay. in the house. So have I was more. excited about we'll that. I hope that kind of opened up a whole new realm of, you know, um, going adventures of going, you know, and then all different ways right. with the podcast because you can just go everywhere. Yeah. You know, I'm finding right. that, you right. know, people contacting me and it's like something that I'm doing totally different than what I started out doing, mm-hmm. which is promoting black owned businesses. But I also, you know, now I've interviewed R&B artists and, you know, I'm about to bring a producer on the show. Well, those are businesses. Um, I've done, you know, I've also, because you are running for... I'm running for the Virginia B. Okay, drum roll. Isn't there a drum roll thing on there? Oh, do they have a drum roll? Yeah, if you click... Where is it? Okay. Let's find the drum roll. There's a drum roll on there, but I know that if you hit that, that'll give you applause. Oh, well, do we have to do like that? Still happening. It's still happening. All right. Okay. So hey, salute to my friends at Spreaker and yes. salute to Doc, not Doctor David Anderson. Salute to Dave Anderson, the business bully. He has a great podcast because he business helped bully. develop the Spreaker platform. Really? Yeah. Oh, good dude. He has a really popular podcast. It's called Business Bully, and he's kind of like Crumb Snatcher. He's a bully. He's just going to tell you you're messing up, but he gives a lot of great content in terms of how to change your mindset, and how to change your mindset towards being more business-minded and getting past um, roadblocks. Yeah. Hmm. See, people really see walls, need to and they're really roadblocks. Hmm. And when you start seeing a wall as a roadblock, you roll over a roadblock. You just slow down a little bit. But if you see it as a wall, mm-hmm. you stop. Then- Mm. So what so, do you do if you see it as a wall? You need to change your mindset. And how do you do that? By surrounding yourself with content that makes you think, that's thought-provoking, that's inspirational. So you need inspirational information, you need aspirational information, and you need um, directions. Because <laughs> so, if you're inspired and you have something that you're aspiring to, but you don't have the, the directions, it's not going to happen. If you have the directions, but you're not inspired to act on them, and you're not acting them for a reason, you're not aspiring to do something, you're not going to do anything. So we have the mix of three, the inspirational, the aspirational, and the directions. I think that's the uh, winning combination. Mm. And. Like All of that. us kind of fight at different times, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm running for the school board of Virginia Beach. All right. I have the inspiration. I'm aspiring to be on the board, mm-hmm. but I don't have the directions. And so I'm what? struggling. You know, I mean, I actually went to the Sorensen Institute, which is a part of University of Virginia. So I learned how to run an ethical campaign. Mm-hmm. So I have the understanding. Okay. Um, but when you're running a campaign that's similar to running a business on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. you need to do about 10 to 15 things to make sure that your business or your campaign stays alive. All right. Okay. 
and being inexperienced, there's some things I can read. So I have directions, okay. but it's a little different. Like if you're driving from here to Atlanta, if you have the directions, you can get there. But you're always like, oh, am I going the right way? Is this the right turn? Do right. I turn here? But once you've had the experience of driving there a couple of times, you say, oh, okay, it was coming up. Oh, they, they changed the, the, you know, the scenery. Mm-hmm. Oh, they have a new twist on this. I need to take this exit instead of the other exit, but I'm still going to get in the same direction. Um, so Because you're you familiar have, with right, it. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. So I have the inspiration. I have the aspiration. I have the directions. I just don't have the experience, which is kind of like the fourth leg of that stool. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have the experience, then things just go a little better for you. So right. it's kind of interesting. I'm talking with more experienced politicians and people you, who've run successful and unsuccessful campaigns because uh, you learn from them all. But uh, my inspiration and I'm aspiring to be on the school board because I would love to see and my platform is safer, smarter, stronger. So safer schools and communities. Okay. Stronger outcomes. Smarter outcomes and stronger programs. So uh, safer schools and community. We can talk about safe schools, but it's people in the community who attend the school. And it's things that are happening in the community that impact the school. So we can lock down all the schools all we want to, but there's still going to be problems in the community that will impact the schools. So I would love to see initiatives that are not simply based on the four walls, you know, figuratively, of that particular school. It might be the emotional health of the students and the community that they come from that is a part of our Safe Schools and Community Initiative. So, safer schools Mm -hmm. and community, smarter outcomes. I think that the school system does an excellent job with most of the students. Most. Most. And so that's great. Care to elaborate? But great isn't good enough. Okay. No, great isn't great enough. No. Good isn't good enough. Um, I say that their school systems, and I'm just using this number, not necessarily as a definitive number, but as an estimation. Okay. Uh, 80% of the students are well served. So if you look at the bell curve, we know that 80% of the students are here. And then we have 10% here and we have 10% here. These 20% students aren't getting the best experience that they could in the school system. Why is that? For a multiplicity of reasons. But I think that we can offer a multiplicity of solutions mm-hmm. and waivers and options for those 20%. So they'll get a better experience. And get this, if these 20% get a better experience mm-hmm. and their peers with the 80%, everyone rises. Mm. Everyone does better. So that when I look at the bell curve, it's the 10% of the students who are not ready for that grade level, mm-hmm. who are having difficulty processing information for what, whatever the problem is. And I'm looking at the other 10%, which are on the other end, who are too far advanced for the experience they're getting in school. So, so what do you, you do for the students for, who are too far advanced? Yes. They're not doing it. That's the problem. If I ask the question, what do you do? Then we look for opportunities Programs, additional studies that meet their needs. And then for students who are behind, mm-hmm. what do we do for them? Exactly. I don't think we're doing enough. 
I would like to see every and see I'm not just simply looking at those 20 I'm not simply being an advocate for those 20% of the students who I don't think are getting the best experience I'm being an advocate for all the students I would love to see all of the students walk out of the high school workforce ready and workforce experienced so you might walk off workforce experienced and workforce ready and go to college you might walk out of that school walk off that graduation stage workforce experience workforce ready and go to the military Mm -hmm. you might go into community service and you know do something the peace corps but the fact that you're workforce experienced and workforce ready means that you're a valuable person more valuable than if you just graduated from high school you might go and walk off that stage and walk into the business world, the workday world, you know. And if your workforce experienced and workforce ready, you're going to thrive. Right. Right now, our students aren't necessarily walking off the stage workforce ready. And most of them are not walking off workforce experience. Now, I had a really different experience in high school. I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. Okay. All right, salute my Buckeyes. <laughs> All right, O-H. <laughs> oh. All right, so... Um, I was born I attended, in Ohio. Okay, well, oh. Yeah, some of the I best women born. come from Ohio. Right, so. right. Yeah. Although I didn't grow up there. I was, uh, I was, no, born, I was no problem. Born, you were either... Uh, born in Cincinnati. Oh, okay. See, I live in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I used to go to Not Cincinnati. We used to B-boy... You know, breakdance battles against yeah. the cats and stuff. Oh, goodness. At the crazy. skating rink, USA skating rink. It's oh, Cincinnati. Nice. Yeah. Go there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Oh, okay. wow. Okay. Okay. Um, so, in the school that around. I attended. Maybe we were around the same age. Uh, I don't know if I'm a big town. <laughs> we'll go ahead and move, move right along. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, you look to be around 25. <laughs> you know? Hey, shut okay. up. Yeah. yeah. Yep, I'm 25, yeah. Yep. On Wednesdays in my high school, we had internships. So I didn't go into the school building my sophomore, my junior, my senior year. We went to an internship. So I had an internship at a law firm, at an architectural firm. Um, There was another firm I went to. And then the last two years, I was at a children's museum. So every Wednesday, I did. Nice. Yeah. I did presentations mm-hmm. on scientific things. There was one called the electrostatic generator, and it just showed how we can generate static electricity. And depending upon the grade of hair you had, uh, you can place your hand on an electrostatic generator, and your hair would stand up. And most people, the hair on your hands would stand up, but let's say you had a very uh, fine coarse hair. We used to call it dog hair, but I'm not putting down anybody with <laughs> <laughs> straight hair. Silky uh, <laughs> straight. Right, right. You put your hand on there and their hair and would stand just, straight yeah. up. Right. Um, if you had curly hair, your hair would uncurl slightly. In some cases, That's very so much. Cool. In some other cases, just, just slightly. Just a little bit. Right. Okay. Like, like with your hair, if you wear the hair, slightly. it would open up. What? Yeah. Yeah, these curls some tight curls. You see? Yeah, we used to call them peasy. Yeah, peasy. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> um, they they curl up like a pea. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. You see these little ringlets? All right. Go right back in. It's okay, but it would stand. It would curl. It would uncurl. And it would uncurl. Right, right. So wow. I did those presentations. I did presentations with snakes and 
presentations with other animals. And that um, didn't make you want to pursue that in college? Well, the interesting thing is, I went to college. I went to Hampton University. Shout out. Okay. Shout out. All right, so anytime you say Hampton University, you have to clap. All okay. Right. <laughs> Real Hamptonians know the deal. A little bit. Hashtag I was with Harvey. Um, So I went to college under the idea that I was going to learn communications because my friends and I who had a uh, graffiti group were going to create an advertising agency. And they were more, they had better artistic skills. You know, we all did graffiti, but their artwork was in some ways, mine was kind of cartoonish. And theirs was more uh, Rembrandt-ish. Mm. Okay. Ish. Ish. <laughs> so they were going to do the okay. artwork, and I was going to study communications okay. and minor in psychology so I can understand how people thought Ooh. and how we can market to people based on how they thought. And so that was the whole reason, you know, my whole idea of going to college. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up graduating with a uh, mass, I mean, a bachelor's in psychology. So, so you definitely know how to read people. Uh, well, just because you have the degree doesn't mean you have the skills. Okay, so you don't have the skills. Is that I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Well, you did say. I just want to put it out there. A, a degree. So you're not speaking. I'm not speaking as a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Okay. Or anyone doing that type of counseling. Mm-hmm. I'm simply telling you my experience okay okay um okay so doing those presentations at COSI which was the center of science and industry wow doing those presentations allowed me to understand how to connect with people how to relate with people Mm -hmm. how to read people how to read a crowd Mm. (laughs) uh so yeah, I was around STEM at an early age. This was eighties, oh, you know. I graduated okay. from high school. I'm gonna tell my age in eighty six, so nineteen eighty six. Oh um, wow, you're so, old. <sighs> I can't talk about it. Yet. Well, what's crazy is you said we're about the same age. Crazy. <laughs> Spank yourself. Oh, okay. Dang it. Um, my point was everyone 90, uh, so. some of my you know all of my I'm friends right behind you. we're good we're good uh, my friends um, classmates even my girlfriend at the time we were all at COSI and we did you know oh. the presentations mm-hmm. and, and all of us got something different out of it you know my friends who ended up owning, owning their own advertising agencies oh. they learned you know from those presentations they learned how to present and how to provide content to create advertisements okay I on the other hand learned presentational skills and connecting with people and forming relationships and doing those other great things that come along with counseling so the deal is I walked out of I walked off the graduation stage work experience workforce experienced and workforce ready so, my friends who decided they're not going to college, they're not going into the military, they were able to sit down at that interview and say, oh, yeah, I've been doing presentations every Wednesday for the last two years for um, tourist groups, for elementary school students, for middle school students, for high school students, for and people they from were Japan. And they were workforce ready. 
I handled the store. You know, um, one of my friends, I think my girlfriend at the time, she actually ran the store at Cosire. Mm-hmm. So she was able to handle transactions. She did ordering. You know, she was able to do inventory and make um, and make predictions, forecasting based upon sales and things, all the great things that goes into running a business. And she runs a great business. Now. Mm, you know, nice. so, so my point is. Workforce ready and mm-hmm. workforce experience. Now, everybody in Columbus, Ohio didn't have that experience. If you attended Columbus Alternative High School, so we talk about Pegasi, and there's many Pegasus. I think it's Pegasi. We ne- we always argued about that. Is the plural of Pegasus Pegasi or Pegasus? And it might be both. Hmm. All right. Uh, I would think at Pegasus, but it's all good. That can be argued. I'm not gonna argue. I did that was out in high school. I did that when I was in high school, and it got me nowhere. Yeah, it wouldn't get us anywhere. Yeah, to argue about it. you know the English people they can argue on that. Yeah, um, people we'll study English. That. Oh, yeah, English majors. Yeah, they right. would get on us right. At any rate, oh, they're always gonna get on my case <laughs> uh, because they believe in the English, the American English language as the master. And I think it's just a great form. So I'll speak soulful English. I'll speak Spanglish a little bit with my daughter because she's studying Spanish and I'll pick up on some words. Oh, okay. And I can speak standard English. So my point is, I see them all as all being valuable Mm -hmm. while those who study English, English majors, in many cases, not all cases, in many cases, find that the standard English is the only way to go and everything else is deficient. Mm -hmm. But that's another topic. My point is, I want to make sure that students walk off that graduation stage, workforce experienced and workforce ready. So that's the smarter outcomes. So we talked about the safer schools and communities. Smarter outcomes is everyone walking off that stage, workforce ready, workforce experienced. They'll be more valuable whatever route they go. Okay. All right. And in our school system now, there's a certain cadre of students who have an opportunity to attend things that will make you workforce ready. Like what? Uh, you know, if you're involved in some of the um, Votech programs mm-hmm. or you go to the ATC program, the Advanced Technical Center. Mm-hmm. But to get into that program, you make your reservation pretty much in the 10th grade, in the 10th grade year. And you're able to attend your 11th and 12th grade year. But we have some students who are finally waking up as to what their future may hold for them in their 11th grade year. Hmm. And by that point, it's too late to join that program yeah. that will make you workforce right. experience mm-hmm. and workforce ready. Or their 12th grade year. They're like, oh, the light finally comes on. Some of us are late bloomers. And it's very challenging for those students to have a similar experience. Well, they're not going to get the same experience, mm-hmm. but we can give them something similar. Or we can give them something that will make them valuable mm-hmm. so they can walk off that graduation stage, workforce ready and workforce experience. And that's what I like to see. Um, and then smarter, pro I mean, stronger programs. Well, I just kind of described what, you know, some of the deficiency. Some of the programs that we can institute would be connecting with local businesses, big businesses, small businesses, mid-sized businesses, to make sure that when our students walk off that stage, they're meeting the need of the Hampton Roads community. Mm -hmm. For instance, right now, there are 
employers like Still, uh, uh, employers like Uplay, who are seeking employees who have skills or knowledge base that they can't find in Hampton Roads. So, so, so they have to market kind of outside of town. Well, for? I mean, each company is going to be looking for a different skill set for certain I'm, jobs. I'm not familiar and, with still. Uh, yeah, they. they well, I, like I'm the, just using. I'm just the using. They, they tractors. Do, you'll find still with tractors as well, and you okay. know, and uh, big machinery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're looking for some people who can operate big machinery, okay. but that's not all they're looking for. Oh, okay. All right. So if you look at, let's say the. The Newport News Shipbuilding and all their other organizations that support Newport News Shipbuilding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're looking for people with welding skills. They're also looking for people with management skills. They're also looking for people with computer skills. They're also looking for people with networking skills, computer networking skills. So there's a whole plethora of things that Newport News Shipbuilder building is looking for. And it's not just one entity. There are actually a lot of different small entities that support Newport News shipbuilding. Because mm. um, so, yeah, still is actually a big... Yeah, yeah. So my point is, they often have to market outside of the Hampton Roads area hmm. for people to have the skills, credentials, and experience that they're looking for. So in so, all of Hampton Roads? Yeah, my point. That's my point. They're not able within Hampton Roads to find the employees that they're looking for. And if you do a, a search, you do a Google search on the economic state of Hampton Roads, that may not necessarily be the title, but you can use that in the Google search. Mm-hmm. There's a report that's done every year, um, and it talks about the economic state of Hampton Roads and how often employers have to go outside of Hampton Roads to find qualified employees. And how often people, like for instance, uh, there's a portion of that report that says these amount of people live in Virginia Beach, but they have to go outside of Virginia Beach to work. So these are people who live in Virginia Beach, but work outside of Virginia Beach because Virginia Beach doesn't have the opportunities for them within Virginia Beach for their Mm. skill set or their their criteria, I mean their credentials. Hmm. So there's... These, this amount of people leave Norfolk and go to uh, Suffolk, Portsmouth, Chesapeake, some even go to Newport News to work because Norfolk doesn't have the jobs that supports their experience, credentials, mm-hmm. right, blah, blah, blah. So you got to do a little bit so of So my problem. point is, there are very smart people who are looking at this thing. Mm-hmm. And from what I've gathered by listening to these smarter and more experienced people in workforce development and economic development, is just saying our school programming are not putting out the type of students who can support our needs. Moreover, we're educating students we're, with our tax dollars, my tax dollars, your tax dollars. We're educating students here in Virginia Beach who once they graduate are leaving Virginia Beach because they don't find the opportunities here. Mm-hmm. I believe it. Right. Or if they go off to college or go off into the military, they're not returning to Virginia Beach. Right. They're escaping from Virginia Beach. 
So we're investing a lot into the education of our children. You know, and then they leave. That's having a, investing a lot of emotional time and care into a relationship and then the person walks off. Mm-hmm. That's happening to us here in Virginia Beach in Hampton Roads. How people do you that we that? really, the people that we really love, are walking away from. So how do you, how would you change that, Seiko? Oh, I mean, that's that's the great thing. There's so many businesses that if we were to connect with them, when those students walk off the stage, they can walk right to those businesses, or when they came back from their time serving our country, they can go right to those businesses. Or they go off to a college, a two-year college, a six-month program, a two-year program, a year-and-a-half program, a four-year program, an eight-year program, a six-year program, and they come back more valuable to those companies and to the General Hampton Roads area. Hmm. There's ways by connecting with the resources here make our students stronger, make them more valuable, and make people say, hey, I'm leaving Iowa, and I'm coming to Virginia Beach, because <laughs> they have it going on. Now, if you get to that point to where they are saying that. And that's the direction I would love to see our schools in. So I can't do it by myself. It's a whole school board, mm-hmm. and we have great teachers, we have great administrators, we have great uh, staff, so we have great faculty in Virginia Beach. I think with some great support from me on some of those policy and procedure decisions, we can move our school system even closer. We have a great school system, but great isn't great enough. And that's now, why I want to be on the board. I know that um, I have some coworkers who were complaining that um, their children couldn't get um, lunch assistance. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those are federal Is guidelines. That Something that is across the board for Virginia Beach school systems. Um, uh, um, you can check. Like Norfolk school systems, they had the lunch, I guess the reduced lunch and all that. City of Norfolk um, has a higher amount of students who receive free and reduced lunch. Mm-hmm. So much so that if they wanted to just give everybody free and reduced lunch, they could because they have enough of those students. Now, I haven't looked at all their numbers recently. I don't know if that always holds true. I don't know if the regulations have changed. But I know that Norfolk and Portsmouth have a higher amount of students who receive free and reduced lunch than Virginia Beach does. And those are federal guidelines. So, um, I know at certain schools they don't even offer free and reduced lunch. Virginia Beach, like my daughter's school, they don't offer free or reduced lunch. And they may not have so enough children. That was brought up. And since people knew that right. you were going to be here today, that is one of the questions. Okay, so okay, so how do we solve that issue for your daughter? Uh, let's not, now yeah. your daughter doesn't necessarily need it, but let's say your daughter, your family was in a position where they, your daughter could benefit from a free or reduced lunch. Um, then that means that we have a policy in place that's unwavering. Like for instance, um, I often say that Virginia Beaches policies and their philosophy aren't always in line. <laughs> so we say we want to make sure that we meet the needs of all of our students, but some of our policies won't allow us currently to. Mm-hmm. 
So I think there needs to be a reevaluation of some of those policies. And it might be a hoop that your family need to jump through, but there should be an opportunity for your family to receive a waiver somehow to allow that. And I'm not saying that that's truly the case. I'm, I'm so. going by whatever you know you just shared with mm-hmm. me. So I, I can't so confirm or deny the, that, but what, what I'm saying is... What should that mom do? What should that mom do? Should that mom go into the office and say, hey, this is going on? Um, is there some kind of policy in place since you don't offer this? Then do you have a plan B? I do you think that's the place a. to start. Is there a B or a C? I think that's the place to start because the people in the uh, office who handle those decisions, and that would actually probably be the uh, the person who's in charge of the cafeteria. Um, that person who's in charge of the cafeteria can sit down with their family and say, these are the people who make this decision for this school. These are the people we need to present your uh, situation to. And those are the people that we need to get a waiver from. And once we have that waiver in place, if I have the waiver in place, if that even exists, mm-hmm. then we should be able to take care of your family here in this school. But the people in the school don't necessarily make those decisions, but they can tell you who to go to. And so I would say to that parent, if they're listening, uh, start with the, I call them the lunch ladies. Uh, and, and and that's an old term, and sometimes <laughs> that people see that as being misogynistic. Or, no, know, but term. I don't think it is at all. Well, yeah, 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 you know, that's what I call them as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be, you right, know, right, yeah, right. So to be I, I would say go or to, anything, but go to the head lunch lady. Uh, <laughs> Because <laughs> that's what I grew up with them being called. The that's, head lunch and that's lady. what I was saying. I grew up right. with saying that and, and that not trying to lady. be disrespectful at all. Right. You know, but I mean, you can go on the website and you can actually find out what that title is, and you can use the appropriate title. Right, right. You know, they've mm-hmm. earned that title. And oh yes, let's yes, go with yes. That title. Being fake or okay. teasing, but seriously, because uh, that's I what would I start there. Up, I would definitely start there, or you know, you may want to start with the administration. The APs, the assistant principals, and the principal are also well versed on how that process could happen. Uh, but it starts. It's going to happen. It's going to be a couple this of meetings. Person was like, "Hey, well, I don't understand. You know, I'm here, and I don't understand." Why there? This is not offered mm-hmm. to someone who, you know, it's just has that one income coming into the house, and um, you know, what what kind of rules are in place because this is unaffordable for me. Granted, this person, uh, you know, and I'm not trying to, well, you know, know let's, let's give it. information. Um, you know, with the respect to privacy, but um, being the minority, um, one of the few that are at the school, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if if that is a situation um, at the you know at the school being there's a few colored kids there, so they don't offer reduce as if to say you know. Well, um, the, because the I'm really trying to, you know, say without saying, I got you, you. Know, and I'll say things. this: the so, ability to provide free or reduced lunch at a school is not based on uh, racial makeup. 
is based on federal guidelines and the amount of students who meet those federal guidelines in a school. And I can't tell you what those regulations or policy, I don't know what they are right now. I will research it because I'd love to come back and give you a, a second hit and say, this is what I found. You know, I'll, I'll definitely do that. But I would say to that parent that the AP, uh, definitely the P, the principal, or the head lunch lady, and I hate using that term, <laughs> so I grew up using, uh, would be the person to start that process. Okay. And so that's first of all, in, in, the in, first plan right, of action right. would and be being a single to... parent or be, being the only income in the family doesn't necessarily make you eligible for some of the federal benefits. Because it's really based on your income, how it's much. Based on your income. You know? Yeah. I had a family when I was the access advisor at Greenland High School who uh, had over five children in the family. Um, and it was one income. But that income was banging. <laughs> so they were so, like, ah! Yeah, yeah, they weren't able. They weren't ed- eligible for some of the federal benefits. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Same with me because I, I would have loved to have. Truth be known, I would have loved to have my daughter on reduced lunch, but they said I need too much money. All right, well, that, that you know what that says, and I'm not saying anything I, negative I about somebody. That because that's saying where my money's going in my house. Well. Your ability to manage your resources is different than the amount of resources you have. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's kind of hard. I, I would have uh, liked uh, to have reduced. Yeah, yeah. All of you us know? would. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that either. So, um, my Shoot, point is... I was like, man, I would love my daughter to have it because I, sure, I surely try every year. Safer. You know, I'm be honest. I cry. Smarter. You know, they say, um, they I put them little numbers in. Stronger. Can we just, you know, maybe <laughs> stretch the truth and bring it down a little bit and then see? Yeah. No. Okay. Well, that would be disingenuous. Would they check? <laughs> <laughs> Look, okay. and I'm going to ask somebody running for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going okay, to okay, say yes. Okay, I'm going to say yes. Okay, I'll do this. I'm going to say yes. All right, they're all right. Check, as they should. Yes, they do. They right. do. They do They do their job, and right. they do it well. Right. I, you know, I just, I try every hey, year. Trust, but validate. It doesn't trust, happen. but confirm. It doesn't for me. Whew, it's depressing. Because who wants to pay $3 a day? Yeah, my, yeah, yeah. You know, my daughter is in Virginia Beach. Right. Great um, program. What school? $30 a day. A day. How much do you spend on your lunch? Me? Yes. I pack my lunch. How much does it cost you to pack lunch per day? Um, Well, I cook and then leftover, so I buy groceries once a month. Um, And since it's just me and my daughter here, I maybe $150, $200 a month on groceries. Okay, and so then I cook. I don't eat. Don't buy fast food. All right, let's let's just do some um, quick numbers. Let's okay, do some let's do numbers. some quick numbers. One fifty a month. One fifty mm-hmm. a month. Right. Uh, divided by two people, mm-hmm. so that's like seventy five dollars a person a month. Okay. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So uh, let's take that seventy five. I'm going to make that. Uh, 
And then my daughter can like, like to, to divide that by like three. She likes to eat with the other kids. And they, I would say that you're probably spending around two fifty per day on lunch. If you look at the amount of food, the amount, the amount of money you're spending on groceries mm-hmm. and cooking, and even though you're using breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you're probably spending around two dollars, maybe two fifty on on each meal. So, $3 isn't that far off. Now, I'm not saying that you wouldn't love to have a discount on that price. I would love to. Yeah. Um, but it's, 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 it's reasonable. it's not really realistic, so... I'm just saying that saying you're not getting fleeced. You're not being okay. gouged. I'm not. No. Because I kind of thought I was getting a little bit. Yeah. Personally. I wish it was lower. Yeah. I wish it was, like, a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. At any rate... Uh, safer, smarter, stronger. Okay. Safer schools, smarter outcomes, stronger programs. Um, that's kind of what I'm running on. Well, what made you want to run? The children. It's, it's like this. Some people are concerned citizens. Some people are committed citizens. I'm committed. Some people say I need to be committed. My wife would probably say <laughs> <laughs> My son would probably want to have me committed right now. Oh, um, no. But, no. uh... Okay, and but children, I'm committed. How many children do you have? Two children. I have a son and a daughter. Okay. All right. How old? Uh, my son is 18. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a recent graduate from high school. Oh. Yeah. That's my son right there. And my daughter's a little 18. younger. She's, uh, you know, she attends one of the Virginia Beach schools. Um, oh, okay. Beautiful how schools. Sixteen. Oh, she's 16. Okay. Right, right. Okay. So, at any rate, um, actually, interestingly enough, when I was younger, I didn't want children. And I dated oh. women who had children or couldn't have children. That was my MO. You know, you already had your children or you couldn't have children. Yeah, then we probably went out. <laughs> okay. Because you didn't really want. Okay. Didn't really want them. And, what changed? Uh, the right person. And that's what it is. Yeah. You have to have the right person. Yeah. yeah. I, I put it that the right person. Um, yeah, my wife is... Uh, how long have you been married? Ooh, she's put up with me for 20 years. I don't know how she does it. She's a saint. <laughs> she put up with There's a special place in heaven years. for her. You know, people say there's a special place in hell for me. Yeah. There's a special place in heaven for her. <laughs> So, so that place is probably going to have lots of meds and you're probably going to need them have to deal with you. <laughs> ah, you know, they, they call Christ the comforter. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> she'll be comforted. She, she'll be comforted. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, so nice. But you're from here. No, I'm a New Yorker. I was born in Brooklyn, New York, and... I was raised in Columbus, Ohio. I moved to Columbus, Ohio when I was say, seven, eight. Okay. And then I was accepted at Hampton University. From, oh, from? From Columbus. Oh, wow. Right. So you only came, you came out here when you were going to college. Right, right, right. And I came here. And then you here. just stayed here. Well, my parents moved from Columbus, Ohio to Chesapeake, then Virginia Beach. Um, and after I graduated from Hampton, I... Stayed in the house, and mm-hmm. um, my wife's aunt was the family matchmaker, and she kind of hooked us up, and you know, oh, we've been together. Yeah. and you've been together ever since. Yep. Oh, 
ever after. Well, congratulations. Yeah, on happily ever Debbie. after on my and part. Love. <laughs> on your part. On my part. <laughs> I, I think it vacillates on my wife. Oh, God. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I hope she's listening. I'm a pill. I'm a pill. I'm a pill. <laughs> Are you? She's a saint. Yeah. Yeah. Long suffering. Yeah. So it <laughs> but um, you know, but she supports this that's interest in because the you school do a board. lot. What other projects are you working on? Oh man, that's uh, I have ADHD, and it's it's obvious in all the things I'm involved in. You know, so I, I can go on for days about everything I'm involved in right now. Uh, and I'm really struggling to pull things off of my plate. Um, and this school board run is actually forcing me to step back from some of the things that I, that I do. You probably need to. Yeah, I need to mm-hmm. become more effective. I mean, there's times when doing a lot is really beneficial. And then there's times when doing a little is very beneficial. And I'm moving in that point with this particular campaign that I'm moving... Doing to the little, little you're able to more beneficial. More. Although doing the lot that I was involved in uh, made me the valuable person that would be valuable to the school board. So. Oh, good, good. Yeah. So on both realms, it's beneficial. Right. It's kind of like investing. You know, when mm-hmm. you're early investing, you can be very diversified, and you definitely want to invest in a way that takes risks, so you can have big gains. But as you get older, then your risk tolerance is supposed to shrink mm-hmm. so that you're focused more on preservation rather than gaining. And uh, that's kind of where I am in life now, oh, okay. where I did a lot of investing early on. And now I'm towards the, you know, the maintenance portion. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think my wife is enjoying that. Oh, hope yeah. goodness. Now, is she involved? Does she help you? Very oh, she's very supportive. In, in she's your very campaign supportive. And right. 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 Okay. Is she running for anything as well? Do we need to know about that? She's running behind me and telling me what to do. <laughs> well, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough right there. So, Seiko, tell us about the same Cove of Network. Oh, okay. Well, I'm involved in an event, a networking event that happens on a monthly basis called the Sankofa. The Sankofa, the term Sankofa means literally go back and fetch it. There's a bird that's flying forward, but it's looking back and it's grabbing something, um, which can be interpreted in a lot of different ways. It's a, it's, a, um, it's, a, it's either a, a, an Akan symbol. I don't think it's an Andinkra symbol. It's an Akan symbol. Um, so it's from uh, West Africa. And it can be interpreted in a multiplicity of ways. The easiest way that I look at it is know what you're carrying into your future. Know what assets have. And if you lost an asset, make sure you carry it with you and go back and grab it because that makes you a valuable person. Mm. Um, but it can be interpreted as if you don't know your past, you don't know where you're going, or bring your past with you in the future because it makes you relevant, it makes you uh, who you are, uh, don't run away from who you are, you know, those type of things. Mm-hmm. You can interpret it in many different ways. And I ways. like that. Okay. Um, so the Sankofa happens monthly. Uh, I got involved in it about a year ago, and it was formally on the second Wednesday of every month, and it was traveling. It went from business to business to business. Mm-hmm. And these were primarily, uh, these were all businesses that quote-unquote black-owned businesses. And uh, we went to these different businesses, and people would show up and talk about their business and what they were involved in. And 
when I got involved, I wanted to take it to a different direction. And so instead of traveling from location to location to location, I found a solid location where we can meet. Um, instead of just being focused on business, I said that our community doesn't necessarily just need another business network. We need the network in general. So if you're involved with a cause, if you're involved with a ministry, if you're involved with a business, if you're involved with a think tank, if you're involved in politics, if you're involved in education, I want to give us the opportunity to come together and know what we're all doing so we can make lifelong friends, lifelong connections, Mm -hmm. and have a lifelong network for which we can refer to. Um, Any group that insulates itself yeah, thank you. Any group that insulates itself becomes stronger. And then it can do greater things outside of itself. Okay? So, uh, we have a network of activists, of people involved in religious, missionary, ministry work, people involved in educational pursuits, mm-hmm. people involved in political pursuits, and businesses that come together on the la- currently on the last Friday of every month. And we rub shoulders with each other. We learn about each other. We know about each other's family and mm-hmm. children. But more importantly, we know what we're all passionate about doing. And so we can support each other. So there was a young lady who ran for the school board. We all supported her. There's a lady who was building her uh, consulting business. And to the ability that we all did, we supported her. There's a young lady who has a photography business. And those of us who aren't already involved with great relationship with photographers, we were able to support her business. For instance, on my children's birthday every You're supporting year, mine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on my children's birthday every no. year, we do a family photo shoot. Oh, really? Right. And so we were oh, able, because yeah. of the connection I made at Sankofa, we connected with a photographer, uh, Tamika. See, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's so good for us for right. networking. Right. Especially I've been able to um, interview people that I've met at, at the, the Sankofa. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. So uh, shout out. Sweet, Man, sweet. that's awesome. Amazing. Sweet. I but love that. It's a brainchild of Burt Bergen. Burt Bergen owns a company called mm-hmm. Wear Black Biz, and it's pretty much a promotions. Oh, yes. and it's coming on my show, too. Good stuff, good stuff. So it was his idea, and I said, you know what, Bert? I would like to make it better. I would like to do this, 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 and this. And he said, all right, Seiko, for eight months, uh, I'm going to give you the ability to make some changes. That's awesome. All right, well, it started off at six months, and he's like, eh, go another two months. And I said, ah, go ahead and let's see where this takes us, because I like the direction it's going. That's awesome. So um, I enjoy that. That's one of my... Uh, that's one of the things I can pat myself on the back for, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm been able to facilitate an environment. Oh, my battery's going dead, so I'm about oh, to stop no. going live in a second. Oh. Uh, so salute to everyone else. Um, you'll be able to catch us. You're on live too. <laughs> yes, on I am. Yes. Okay, tomorrow's so daily life. Tomorrow's yes. daily life on YouTube. Yes. yes. Okay, she, so you right. can come come back and join on tomorrow's daily life, and you can still see Seiko. So please come come over so gonna, come gonna, over to my, my room. Come over to her. You're welcome. You're All welcome right. in my living room. All right, peace. All right, so um, it's one of the things I can pat myself on the back on because I've created, I've helped to foster an environment where people can naturally make connections that can propel whatever they're passionate about. And ours is a little different because. 
in addition to just networking with people and passing out your card, mm-hmm. we have interviews. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like the Today Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of like doing interviews right on the spot. That was right, great. Right. Um, and like you said, you just meet so many amazing people. Um, you know, like you had the teenagers there, the teenage entrepreneurs there. And I think that was great. Right. Oh, I just heard myself. Oh. <laughs> that was the replay. That was All the right. replay. Uh, are you making sure you got it on there? But that was great. When we had the teenagers, man, um, the teenage entrepreneurs there. Right. I was able to um, interview them right on the spot. So that was great. You know, Good stuff. Good um, stuff. Good I stuff. just, you know, I, I think it's just a wonderful thing to be able to bring us all together, you know, mm-hmm. regardless of what you're doing and, you know, what projects you're working on. And you're able to, you know, use that as a platform mm-hmm. and, you know, and. I just, for one, thank you. Well, well, that. keep coming. Uh, so, you're already linked up in the network. I am. Um, I'm my hoping next that direction. I do even better. I'm, right. I'm trying to strive too. I right. got, I got steps. I, I'm trying to climb too. So, right. I'm definitely going to keep coming because I think it's a fabulous thing that you're doing. Well, like so they I'm say in AA, and especially AA. you're running for Virginia Beach, and I live in. Uh, you know, in my residence. Yes, I live on Good the stuff. beach, so so I'm definitely going to support that. Well, keep Talk coming, like it. they say in NA and in AA, it works when you work it. Mm. Well, I'm gonna definitely work it, and work I it, have girl. been working it. Work, I yeah. believe me, okay. I have been talking to talk and walking to walk. I have been doing doing my thing. You know, um, hit the ground running. So, and I'm still running. I'm not out of breath yet. Good. Well, we had a chance to discuss your story on my podcast, yes, the Fly Guy Podcast. Yes. Oh, uh, I think yeah. your episode drops pretty soon. and So look out for oh. the Fly Guys Podcast and look for a podcast that's entitled... Ooh, what is it entitled? Oh, uh, Lord. It says something Thank like, God. I was about... I was about to die, so I started a podcast. Something like that. Mm-hmm. It was a quote that she said. It was, mm-hmm. it was, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, so if you don't know a lot about tomorrow, that's a great way to uh, learn about it. It'll drop some. Yeah. Fly yeah. Guys I haven't podcast. really gave my testimony on, on my show yet, just yet, because I want this to drop first. Okay, okay. So, okay. yeah, and um, definitely <laughs> the biggest reason for starting it, um, you know, is it definitely gave me a platform to be able to get back and <sighs> so much, so much. It, it really, um, I get emotional talking about it, shoot, because I, you know, I get to meet so many great people like Seiko that, you know, because I'm doing this, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's been wonderful. Okay, good stuff. Well, it's the uh, episode is called "I Almost Died, So I Decided to Start a Podcast." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah, and that's I going to let me see. That's going to drop. Does it have a date? Uh, it doesn't have a date now. Not on this particular page. Um, so, but it's going to happen. It's going to. Oh, you asked me about my podcast. So, yes, I have. The Chicago Steppers Urban Ballroom Podcast. Oh. And this is a collection of music that, that people music do nice. Chicago Stepping. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was talking it? about. Yes. I was right. yeah, I or urban to ball it because in, in I Detroit. Like Chicago Stepping. Okay. I do. In Detroit, you call it ballrooming. 
and ballrooming is a little easier than stepping, but it still has that beautiful look mm-hmm. to it. Uh, so and I, I really played this type would of music. Love to learn. I don't really know except the R. Kelly one, you know. Right. Um, I really don't know any other style of, but I've seen it, you know, when you watch YouTube and you see see right. the stepping. Man, that. it looks beautiful. Man. Right. Yeah. So right. Uh, you need to do one of San Covenant where we can do some you That's know, coming Chicago up. Stepping. That's that coming up. Awesome. Then, then, then we're going to have a crossover with huh. that would be a fun. group called. Ah, I can't think of the name of the group, but I think next month I haven't announced it yet because the paper hasn't been, you know, the contract hasn't been inked yet. Um, but you know, at the end of the Sankofa, it's always a kickback. You know, you can just kick back, hang mm-hmm. out with people, yes. and I'm DJing and, and I'm like playing that. music. Oh man, um, I like but that. On man, this particular so event awesome. coming up, we're gonna time. pull the chairs up, and the kickback is gonna be a kickoff. You know, we're gonna really kick off with some. Yes. All right. So I have That'd that be one. Awesome. You guys gotta come to one of the same. Semi-conscious radio. And I talked about semi-conscious radio, and, and, and you can see the iHeart signature there. So you oh. got to go ahead and do your thing, girl. All right. And then soundtrack by Seiko. So a lot of times when I perform, I'll record my set. Mm-hmm. So if I'm DJing a wedding or if I'm DJing, yes. oh, a party, we'll talk about that. Wait a minute, we didn't talk about that because you're talking about DJing, right? But... Which is something I didn't talk about. Yes. Uh, and then we have the Fly Guys podcast, and we talk about everything in a fly manner. Mm-hmm. And Which you were then we have earlier. Yes. Oh uh, well, yeah, that's it. So uh, those are my podcasts, man. And I'm working on a new one. The new one I'm really excited about is called Seiko, Make you... It Better. ADHD. I'm like working full time <laughs> and doing this podcast. I thought I was doing so. Just oh, you this, are. Well, my one podcast. You do like five. <laughs> yeah, but you do it so much better on a focus. Mm. And, and if I were to drop off some of, like, some point, I'm going to drop off the uh, Chicago Step Reserve and Ballroom. Uh, once I get to maybe like a hundred episodes, then I'll probably stop that one. Or if I get on the school board, I'm probably going to tear it down. You know, not tear it down, but stop doing the posts. Um, the semi-conscious radio. I'm going to do a certain amount of episodes, and then just let that live. And you know, people who like conscious music will get a chance to listen to those episodes and enjoy. Um, the Fly Guys podcast. Uh, you know, I don't have necessary plans to end that. I don't have a, a set number of episodes. Um, it's changed directions a couple times. Started off with Bert and I interviewing people. And interviewing oh. businesses, business owners. Uh, oh, I didn't know we moved, interviewed people. Yeah. The early episodes of the Fly Guy podcast, it was Bert and I. Oh, and we okay. People. And uh, then I, really I started adding... I really interviewing business owners. Okay. Really and see, do. that's I your really lane. Do. I really enjoy promoting businesses. I that's do. your lane. I, I think you do an excellent job of it. Thank so you. So I don't need thank to you. do that anymore. Well, thank and that's, you. Okay. <laughs> Um, Thank you. Let me have it. Yeah, that's your You're doing enough, Seiko. Yeah. So now we move from interviewing business owners and and interviewing cultural people involved in cultural aspects Mm -hmm. to discussing the culture. And so in discussing the culture and discussing things that are impacting American culture or the culture, if you just want to use that term. Oh, that's great. Yes. um, We've moved towards the pattern where we have two or three people that are just sharing their views on things. Mm-hmm. So the last podcast we did for the Fly Guys podcast was on male privilege. 
So it was three guys chopping up and discussing male privilege. Uh, the one that we're going to do tonight, as a matter of fact, is on the Me Too movement versus hip hop. Because the Me Too movement went after very powerful um, men in the entertainment, film, television industry, but it's going to move. Mm-hmm. And so at some point, uh, people like Star are going to say, you know, I really love that song and that artist, but some of the stuff they talked about just isn't kosher. Some of it's triggering for people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, and I, I hate to say things that are going to be misinterpreted. Uh, so I'll say I support the Me Too movement. But I also support people like myself saying, we need to kind of ratchet up our... Uh, Using the word ratchet means to strengthen. Not ratchet is mean defaming. Okay. Um, I'm yeah. glad you. Yeah, I had to. Yeah, yeah. Because some people didn't some realize people the term that. ratchet means to strengthen. Okay. And uh, I didn't either, to be honest. Yeah, it, it, it was. Yeah. All right. Read a lot of old English literature, mm, and, uh, early okay. American literature that talk mm-hmm. about um, uh, ratcheting up the army and things of that nature. Mm. And that, that that would have a totally different meaning. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Right. Um, at any rate, so um, there's certain things. And that, you're doing that tonight. Yeah, we do the Zoom. We use the Zoom After platform. This. Well, I'm going home and spend time with the kids, and yeah. And then because we're going to be cutting this short in just a few minutes. Yes, we are. So, uh, so because tonight we're going to discuss hip hop and uh, the Me Too movement. And like, for instance, Nicki Minaj just recently discussed feeling bothered that some of the things she was doing on Instagram has led to an Instagram culture where women are prostituting themselves. They started off where they were just showing their bodies and then showing their bodies and getting guys or whoever, girls, to pay to look at them, you know, being voyeuristic. And that always is a slippery slope where you end up as a prostitute. Uh, so you know, like girls going to strip strip clubs, and they just I'm just going to take off my clothes, and I'm not letting anybody touch me. And next thing you know, they're letting people touch them, and next thing you know, they're prostituting themselves. And it's always been a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so Nicki Minaj in a statement, and I'm not sure where she made the statement. I have to go back because I have. What did she say? She said something to the effect that there were some things that I did on Instagram, you know that have not forced somebody down this lane but have led some young ladies astray and it bothers me now when I took a look at what they're doing now it's kind of interesting but she's always talked about um, I'm screwing this guy for the money and I'm getting the money from this guy because I'm having sex with him and you know, Cardi B says the same thing so there's always been a level of prostitution in their lyrics mm-hmm. and I'm not downing either one mm-hmm. of them I actually think both of them are pretty talented. You think talented. even with Cardi B? Uh, F and then I get some money. Oh, F and then oh, I get some okay. money. Okay, you're right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Oh, okay. Just, okay. Dang it. I love it. the song. Dang it. And I'm not putting... She's actually talking about a reality that a lot of young ladies... What? A lot of people experience. Well, that is true. Right. Um... 
the good and the bad. The and I'm not world, saying it's, it's the world we live in. Right, right, right. I mean, so and it's the world know, that we've always lived in. It's been happening, though. Yeah, it's, it's just happened. Right. It's, it's the world know? that we've always lived in. Yeah. She does a really great job of uh, portraying it. Right. In a really pop, catchy manner. Mm-hmm. So, you know, salute to yeah. Because you're just like, oh, hey. But then you really actually listen to the words and you're like, How many people do we know? How many women do we know that have done that? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm back here. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, and then I saw on a talk show, I don't know if that was, El- yep, that was Ellen, where they were, they had a whole big debate over this um, young um, Korean, or was she the Chinese little girl who was mm-hmm. dancing to that, who came to the States. Ellen invited her to her show. And she had to be noble enough. She didn't even speak English. Mm-hmm. But she had that song. Mm-hmm. And that's what made me think of that. That song. And she danced hip hop. Boy, she was, I mean, pop rocking. I mean, yeah. She was dancing, mm-hmm. and, and but the song was saying that. So I went online just to see the reviews. And the reviews of her. Um, dancing to that song, you know, a lot of people were like, why would she pick that song? You know, you know, a 10 year old who would let her go on and you know me you know, on the show. Cardi B, P popping for the charts, or P popping on the charts. You know, P popping. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. All right. I don't know if you're cussing your podcast. I'll try not to. Uh, uh, well, I really don't. <laughs> Every now and then, it, it, it comes out. Right, 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 right. You know, so I try not to just because, you know, in case I'm young, you know, my son, somebody will listen to me. Understood. But. And so, um, yeah, so we're going to discuss the Me Too movement. Because it's kind of morphed. Can you explain P-popping first? Oh. I'm just kidding. I know what it is. <laughs> you I'm know that song. I, was a, I wanted to hear him like so that P saying so that so that so that P. You know, I've never version. heard so that someone so that so that so that D. So, so that D. That's why. Oh, hers when you is not said clean. Popping. Okay. I had to actually think about what you were saying because usually people right. just say, but you know, so for you to say, you know, P pop, and I was like. Oh, yeah, I know what it is, but then I had to actually really think about what you were talking about. Gotcha. So, well, um, yeah, I got we're going to discuss that tonight. Oh. And uh, we've also discussed... Um, I'm going to have to tune in. And where where do we tune in to well, those who are listening? We don't do it live. We don't do it live. Oh, so, not, okay. just listen to the Fly Guys podcast. Okay. And you know, with with our with our podcast, with yours on Spreaker and mine's mm-hmm. on Spreaker, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can hear it on iTunes. You can hear it on uh, iHeartMedia. You can hear it on um, Acast. You can hear it on Blueberry. So there are a lot of. Um, now, when, for do instance, you, when do you publish? When do you usually publish uh, your episodes? I, I, do, I, do, I, I normally do mine like two weeks later. Okay. Unless it's a really topical discussion. If it's some about if it's if we're discussing something that's current, then I might release it a little earlier. Okay. Um, but okay. I use the podcast addict. Podcast player. Mm. Okay, so these are all the podcasts. There's actually uh, three or four pages of them. Uh, yeah. So, like for instance, uh, Gary Owens. Mm-hmm. He has the Get Some podcast. Uh, I listen to Afro Pop Worldwide. Seth Godin has a Kimbo. 
uh, Alt Latino. That's a really nice one. It has a lot of great music. Um, American Top 40. Andy Stanley Leadership Podcast. Listen mm. to that. Angel Insights for Angel Investing. Soka Storm. Uh, this is Seth Godin. He has a pop podcast. The Dissect Podcast is great. This guy, uh, uh, White Brother, goes into hip-hop songs. And he, uh, he did a whole uh, series on Kanye West. He did a whole series on... Can't remember who else he did a series on. But on the Dissect Podcast, he goes through and he dies. Oh, yeah, this one is... He's doing Frank Ocean. So mm. this this season he's doing Frank Ocean. So the Dissect podcast is great because he goes into and he really dissects and talks about the influences. on. Uh, the first one was on Ken, Kendrick Lamar. Oh. And he went through Kendrick's first album, The Pimple Butterfly. Well, not first album, but he went through the Pimp, Two Pimple Butterfly album. He went through song by song and he talked about the influences of the song, what Kendrick was talking about. And it, it was just he, just, he does an excellent job. Uh, and what is this called champs. again now? This is a podcast player. Oh. So people don't have to download Spreaker. Because Spreaker is a podcast player as well. Uh, okay. I like I like Spreaker as a podcast player. I just kind of like Podcast Addict. Um, podcast Addict. Right. This is Ed Stanley. The uh, Ed Stanley podcast is great. I listen to The Breakfast Club on here. Um, um, there's a lady named Malik Teal. And she does a really great job um, on her podcast, My Leak Teal. Uh, this is the sister, Dr. Janae Taylor. She has Minding My Black Business, where she interviews um, black business owners, particularly those in the counseling space. Mm, yeah, she's okay. really heavy in that space. Uh, Principal Center Radio with Justin Baden. Uh, since I was studying to be in a, princip- a principal, you know, I have the endorsement, uh, educational endorsement from George Washington University. So my bachelor's is from Hampton University. I studied at Old Dominion University. I received my master's in special education from Regent University and my endorsement in educational leadership from George Washington University. While I was studying for my endorsement, I used to listen to Principal Center Radio, which is a great podcast on educational leadership. Uh, Reply All. Seth Godin has one called Startup School. Side Hustle Pro. Side Hustle Pro is a good one. Side Hustle School is great. He does a podcast every day, every day, and he talks about side hustles or side businesses that people have and how they can turn that side passion into a into a profitable business. Mm. He does it every day. Excellent. The One Three Twenty Podcast by Daniel Pink. He speaks to one author. Uh, about three topics for 20 minutes. The Breakfast Club, I listen to them on my podcast. Here's my podcast, the Fly Guys podcast. Um, so this one was an interview I did with Star on Facebook, Fatherhood Conversations. This one was a throwback from 2015. I interviewed a guy who wrote a book called Mothers Please. And he talks about the problems that single mothers encounter. And what they He talks about decisions that single mothers do. I mean, decisions that incorrect decisions that single mothers do that lead to having sons that are dependent upon their families, dependent upon the system or end up going to jail. Mm. Uh, so it's, yeah, so then I have Better Off With Me. This was, I had a podcast called Daddy Man Radio. I did back in 2014, 2015. It's on YouTube. So if you go to YouTube, you can find Daddy Man Radio. And we entered, interviewed fathers about four pivotal times in their life that were triumphant and four pivotal times in their fatherhood experience that were very challenging. And so 
Uh, the other one was uh, Paul Brinson. He talked about how he was able to win custody of his son and the decisions he made and why he made those decisions. That one was great. Uh, this one is Star. She was raised by a single father. So um, these three are all based on fatherhood because for Father's Week, I released five episodes, uh, all of them dealing with fatherhood. So that's my podcast, wow. the Fly Guy Podcast. Like uh, the Nod is is hilarious. Uh, the Nod is Brittany and Eric, and they discuss everything. They're best friends, and they just kind of discuss everything related to black culture in America. So it might be why, quote-unquote, blacks in America drink Great Kool Aid more than any other Kool Aid. <laughs> you know why we like the grape soda. You know why grape. And he did a whole expose on how grape flavor became really prominent in predominantly black neighborhoods. So much so that yeah, look, she gave me a Propel and it's grape flavored. Um, <laughs> was berry Wait flavored. a minute, that's berry. berry. That's not great. Yeah, that's because yeah, um, it might be a great. Berry. It's a great berry. Yeah. So, <laughs> but he, the interesting thing is, the guy who created what became grape flavored mm-hmm. was trying to create a different flavor. This flavor had a purple color, so he called it grape, but it didn't taste like grape. So if you drink grape soda or grape Kool Aid, it doesn't taste like grapes. <laughs> and how popular it became in the black neighborhoods because that's where you ended up selling it. Because it doesn't taste like grapes. But <laughs> that is an interesting thing. Uh, Tim Ferriss has I a great podcast. I might have to have that. I might have to bite and have that on my show. Tim Ferriss. I might have to ask somebody one. that question. <laughs> and my man Dan Trez Omi, uh, he has a podcast called Where My Killer Tape At. And. Ooh. He's the one. Interesting. Yeah, he's the one who's the Afro Latino b boy, Afro futurist, womanist. Um, so he's. he's oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, so he's always challenging me on my uh, matriarchal or patriarchal or misogynistic. He just says I'm a mess. So. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. thank you, Sanko. Good stuff. Hey, I enjoyed this. Appreciate you coming on the show. You absolutely amazing. You keep trying to make me hear myself. Now. We're live. I will hear myself. We are live. So I want to thank you for coming on the show. Please come back and see me sometime. Bam. Bam. We'll do that once yes. I'm on the Virginia Beach School Board. So oh. vote for me on November 6th. Yes, yes, yes. My platform is smarter. You didn't say anything about that DJ there. Oh. Oh. He's also a DJ. Hashtag DJ Seiko Varner or Positive Vibes Incorporated. Um, I've been DJing in Hampton Roads since 19... 19- 88, where I started at Hampton University. Wow. I played on campus for those two years. You've been DJing played. that long? Well, I started playing. I started DJing in 80... 82. Cool. Cool. That was the only way I could get out the house. Oh. And my parents, my father was a minister. Uh, you know, he's an ancestor now. Um, but he had me DJ for the youth group. And so I started off doing youth group parties. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Okay. It's in the 80s. Yeah. Wow. The 80s. So, um, I DJed yeah. in high school. Way, I way DJed in. Wait. You're going there? <laughs> I'm not going to go there anymore, but it's way back, yo. And you said earlier that we look mm. like we're about the same age. Well. So I must not look way back. 
Um, because you, you got me beat, okay? You, you definitely got on way back. me beat by a few years, so I got to make fun of you because you're a little older than me. Okay, it's, it's all good. I, I've just stayed alive. <laughs> it's a blessing to get older, though. It is. Mm-hmm. It definitely is. Mm-hmm. It is because we're still here. Yeah, because my wife could have killed me years ago. Yeah, probably you got away with. Might be walking dead now. <laughs> <laughs> You uh, yeah, yeah. So maybe I should not go home. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna drink this great berry propel. Yeah. And great. Uh, see, I did give you the great one. It doesn't taste like berry. Mm-hmm. Um, at any rate, did you but it's swallow any of that. Yeah. Cause it didn't even look like you took a swallow. It'll be gone later. Oh, okay. I enjoy being on okay. the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Again, you guys, this was Seiko Vaughn. Oh, one last thing. Robert Jelanus has a podcast, if you're Christian-based, which is pretty interesting. It's called Remembering Tomorrow Today. It's a really great show. Yeah, yeah. So, I wanted to shout I him out. I feel like that was like geared towards me a little bit. Um, I mean, check it out. Yeah, so he, his talk on I mean, Black remembering Panther. Remembering Tomorrow Today. Tomorrow. Remembering Tomorrow Today. Yeah. I gotta check it out because and that actually is his my show name. is part of the Sanko it's called Remembering Tomorrow Today, the Sankofa Experience. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I thought when I first heard it, I was like, ah, it's gonna be too preachy for me. It's not my cup of tea, and I'm hooked on it. Yeah. So salute to him. So then I guess it wasn't too preachy. Either that or it worked on me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it either worked for me or worked on me. Who knows? All right. Uh, but I'm out of here. You guys have wait, a great night. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Before you say that. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Wait, wait. Okay. So, so the campaign. Okay. You said November 6th. Right? Vote for me November 6th in Virginia Beach. I'm running at large. November 6th. I'm running at large. Which means all throughout Virginia Beach, Virginia, people were able to vote on me, uh, vote for me. I mean, everyone's going to vote for me. Uh, yes. It's interesting. We have yes. five people Everyone. in the... I'm going to vote for Seiko. Five people in this uh, this run for an at-large seat in Virginia Beach, and there are two seats. So three of us are going to walk away with our feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one incumbent, Dottie Holtz, and uh, um, she's done a great job. She's been on the board for years. Jackie Glass, um, she ran for the Norfolk. Right, right. Yeah, she's excellent. So, um, so there are five seats. Her. I mean, there are two seats. There are five of us running. Um, there's a young lady named Laura Hughes. I've met her at a couple of the Republican breakfasts. She's running for Virginia Beach uh, Public Schools. We're running for the same seat. Uh, a guy named Bob Bellotti, um, you know, Dottie Holtz. Um, so a guy named Bob Johnston. Yes. And myself, I'm number five. Oh, wow. The competition is fierce. Yeah. And they're well established. Uh, so I'm establishing myself now. How are you feeling about that? This is stretching me. This is really stretching me. But I'm up for it. I'm so up you for might it. have to drop some of them projects. Yeah. You want to drop some of those podcasts on me? I'll take them off your head. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, 
<laughs> All right, Seiko. Well, thank you guys. Thank you so much. Um, please remember to vote on November six. Vote. <laughs> uh, no matter. Vote, no vote, matter. Vote, vote, no vote. matter if you live in Virginia Beach or not. Um, we somehow, and I'm talking well, in general. In general, Beach. they can't vote for. But you. Listen, but November six is going to be an election day. Oh, okay, okay. Throughout America. Okay. All right. So for those who live in America, um, too often we vote for the sexy campaigns. You know when it's, you know, presidency. But you're more impacted. Your life is going to be more impacted by what I decide on the school board than whatever our president decides. Right. Yeah, the senators, uh, the congressmen, you're going to be more impacted by what our mayor in Virginia Beach decides than mm-hmm. whatever your congressman does. So, as much as it's important to vote for the, you know, presidents and the Congress, it's so important to vote for your school board. Look, Virginia Beach has. Uh, I'm, I'm going to use this number because I heard someone else use it. I'm not, I didn't research and make sure it was absolutely correct. But eighty-three million dollars of taxpayer money is decided, and though out of that eighty-three million dollars, the school board determines how it's spent. Yeah, let that marinate. And once again, that's not my number. I haven't researched it. Now, eighty-three million. They may have been wrong. But I know it's not thousands. It might be three million. Uh, but my point is, a great amount of your taxpayer money is budgeted by people who are on the school board. Whether your child is in school or not. Some people say, oh, my child's not in school. I don't have children in school. They're all out of school. or I don't have children, so I shouldn't even work. They're using your taxpayer money. And then the city council is deciding upon what things are going to really impact, you know, if your city's going to have light rail, you know, uh, if they're going to keep the contract with the bus, um, the busing company, you know, there's a, uh, a bus company here in Hampton Roads, you know, um, but city council could decide that we're not, we're not really interested in working with it. You know, so I'm saying, so the big decisions that really impact your life are made on the local level, and people ignore the local elections. So it's it's more important to uh, or equally okay, important. equally important. Yeah, right. that's a good word. Equally, it's a great word. Equally important to because some people go in there and they're just like, doo, 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 doo. okay, right, right. So let's not do that. Let's not. Let's not. Let's um and let's become powerful too. Like I'm, I want to say this is going to be controversial. Getting the right to vote is the first step of becoming politically empowered. Joining a party is taking your vote and combining it, so you're able to really have a powerful voice. Making people come to you is the most powerful voice. Mm. Hmm. I like that. So how do you make people say, hey, this is my platform. This is what I want to do for you. Become independent. 
So being born makes you a valuable person. Being in a family where the family works together and cares for you makes you. But when you're independent, you can step away and you can continue the legacy of your family. You become a more valuable person. You're more valuable than that child that has to stay at home with the family when they're 20, 30, 40, 50, because they never make themselves more valuable. Politics is the same way. So I'll let that marinate. People hate when I say that. <laughs> All right. All right. Was that your closing remark? I'm out. That was Seiko's closing remarks, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you, as always, for listening. Until next time, you guys. Peace. Peace. Stay peace. Stay Thank Stay you. Fly.